powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name, of course, is Brady. I'll be your host today. Boy, uh, Jets lose, uh, what was it, 4-1 uh, to the Washington Capitals on a, a historic night in Washington. Um, you know, didn't really go the way I expected to. Of course, the Jets come into this game uh, on a back-to-back. Same thing with the Caps. Um, but then, of course, um, you know, the Jets come out, look a little bit flat-footed, and the Capitals seem to not really, it doesn't really matter for them. Uh, obviously, the Jets were a little shorthanded. They kind of limped into this game with uh, a pretty depleted roster. Um, and I'll be honest with you, the game went pretty much kind of how I would have seen it go. Um, but hey, you think you know which way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all the sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Whew. All right. Well, uh, one thing I'll, I'll, I'll tie in with uh, with our sponsor here. I know that Sports Interaction had uh, a bet going on uh, around the start of the season as to when uh, Ovechkin was going to surpass Gordie Howe, or it might have been that or either when he was going to hit 100, uh, 800 goals. Um, of course, uh, tonight he hits uh, gets both the 801st goal and uh, with the empty netter late there, gets the uh, 802nd and is now the second place uh, all-time goals. Uh, we'll talk about Ovechkin a little bit later in the game. Uh, I would really appreciate it for those of you who are in chat um, to, you know, let me know what you thought of the game. Uh, myself, you know, this was a game where, um, you know, I didn't expect much coming from the Jets. Um, you know, they come into this game with a pretty rough lineup. Um, you know, your, your top line comes out and, uh, you've got, what's his name? <laughs> you've got uh, Carson Kuhlman there. You've got Morgan Barron starting on the top line as well. Um, you know, Mikey Asimov dry, draws back into the lineup as Cole Perfetti also is now injured as well, too, uh, after a weird collision last game against the Bruins. Um, and yeah, so, the, you know, this was the Jets' fifth game in uh, in seven days. So I'm not too surprised at them being, uh, being tired. But then again, like I said, uh, Washington was also on a back-to-back and didn't seem to be uh, any tired. They also had travel. They came from Ottawa last night. Um, so yeah, like w- with this game here, I there's there's a couple things that I've got to do- delve into. I've got to talk about. Um, first, you know, we're, I'm just going to kind of go around the roster. Uh, or actually, before I do that, I'll, kind of the story of how the game went. Uh, the way I saw it kind of was uh, first period, Jets did their classic thing when they're, uh, you know, having one of their kind of sludge tired games where they come out. Uh, don't really get many shots in the first. Uh, Dave Reddick really held them in uh, in the first period, in my opinion. Um, the Jets, again, you know, taking two pe- two penalties in the first period early on. Um, and the way I saw it, the Capitals really took the play to the Jets, uh, especially, you know, from the start. Um, obviously, Ovechkin then scores on uh, a pretty weak goal. You you know, obviously, every goalie would like to have uh, every goal they, they they aren't able to save back. Um, but Dave Reddick, you you saw immediately uh, after Ovechkin scored five on him, he was uh, pretty frustrated with himself. Um, so, you know, that was one where uh, obviously you, uh, you know, you'd, you'd hope to not have that happen uh, if you're in the net. Um but yeah, so you know, first period wise, consider with all all the things considered here, 
um, you know, with with the depleted lineup, uh, you know, having you know so many games in such a uh, short period of time, I actually thought the Jets had a decent first period despite getting outshot, you know, ten to seven. Um, the the way the Jets play, they 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 are very, um, the way they like to play is they like to counterattack, and it seemed like tonight was a very counterattack style of game for them, where uh you know Washington led the play, uh took took the play to the Jets, and the Jets were able to just create their chances, um more quality over quantity, uh, at least you know starting with the first period, of course, we'll 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 talk about the rest of it, and um. And yeah, despite getting less shots, I actually thought that the Jets created a decent amount of of good chances in the first period. Um, obviously, uh, you know, the second period, Jets look real frustrated and start to look a little bit tired. I have here, uh, you know, they, they had three shots in the in the second period. Obviously, you see the frustration start to boil over when um, who was it? Uh, who had the first penalty? DeMello had the holding penalty. That one was kind of tough. It you know, it was tough to really um tell i i in through watching the replay it seemed like that was one where uh you know i think the ref maybe on instinct called that i don't think that demello actually held him and pulled him down but you know watching it in real time absolutely i i, I completely you know immediately saw that it went you know that's the right call um and then of course you have the uh the shifley the shifley on like which Again, we're in the second period here, and the Jets have had four penalties already. Like, this is a common theme for this team. They cannot be taking this many penalties because um, they're they're a team that that um, that just like even though their PK is good, they just can't afford to be giving up those two minutes every you know every what ten minutes um, of five on five play to have to just you know defend. Um, and then, yeah, so, you know, going back to the Shifley penalty, uh, you know, really dumb by Shifley. Again, at this point in the season, you would hope that this guy can kind of cool it down, figure it out. Um, again, that was a total instinct play. And and to be fair, I think he has, has a good case to be frustrated. Uh, he 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 did win that race to the puck. But again, you, you're, uh, you're one of three assistants on this team. You cannot be taking stupid penalties in a game where you have a depleted lineup. You know, half the guys on your team are AHLers. Like you can't, as one of the you know premier players on the Jets, you cannot be taking penalties for stupid shit like this. Like again, I I completely understand and I I get where the frustration comes from and comes from, and I think that he was you know fair to be frustrated, but you can't be just flinging the puck all around wherever. Um, you know, continuing on again, like I said, three shots in, in one period, not enough. And again, that goes back to what I'm saying. The Jets can't be taking two penalties a period. Like this is not, uh, a recipe for success. Um, and yeah, the frustration really boiled over. And then, you know, you enter the third period. And I think that, you know, Rick bonus did a really good thing in recognizing that, you know, the Jets didn't really have uh, a lot going for them with the current lineup that they had, you know, the only really good line of the lines that kind of entered the game, uh, you know, Dubois, Connor and Gagne had were decent were, you know, were able to at least create a little bit. Um, but I, I really liked the fact that he acknowledged that and kind of went back to how Rick bonus treated the, uh, the Dallas stars back in, um, well, treated the Dallas stars with, you know, putting all their top, uh, their top talent together. Uh, I thought that that was a really good play. And I, and I think that it really sparked the jets in the third period. Um, but man, uh, you, you got to hand it to Charlie Lindgren. Like that, that guy 
played fantastic. And you know what? Other than that one goal uh, that Dave Riddick allowed, uh, the the Ovechkin goal, I thought he played fantastic tonight. He kept the Jets in it in uh, on a lot of really nice saves. There were a couple cross creases he had to slide across and get. Um, and going back to Charlie Lindgren, oh my God, that one save on the uh, on the PK when Lowry was coming up with uh, Stenland and Pionk. Beautiful save. Again, I'm I'm surprised that they're in the off season. I was uh, I was listening to the PDO cast PDO cast uh, with uh, Dmitry Filipovich, uh, and they had this guy uh, Kevin Woodley on. He's uh, he does stuff with goalies for I think it's for Ingoal Magazine. And the two I rem- two names I remember him mentioning uh, as goalies who he thinks are going to have a much better year than expected. Charlie Lindgren, who had a, a really good numbers with St. Louis last year. Um, and then also he he gave a bit of a, a vote of confidence to Dave Riddick. And ever since hearing that, listen, I, you know, I'm not going to say I, I listen to every single person who has uh, expert authority, but a guy who specializes in goaltending, I took his word. And uh, hey, I, I will say, I think we have to give it to Dave Riddick. He uh, he played well tonight. And I think he's he's been served some pretty rough games as the backup of the Jets. Uh, he's been always getting these back-to-back games, and uh, the Jets have not been playing well on back-to-backs. Uh, and he's been, you know, really good. I, I, I got I got to hand it to him. Uh, we were, you know, a little frustrated with how the Eric Comrie situation uh, was dealt with, and then, you know, Dave Reddick coming in with his not-so-great uh, uh, track record as the past few years. Um, yeah. I'm, 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 I got to say, I'm really surprised with him. He's been He's been really good this year. Um, but yeah, either way, uh, despite putting the big line together and actually the Jets starting to get a lot more offense going, you know, the spark was there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, too little too late. The um, the cap score on, uh, uh, you know, to make it 3-1. And then, of course, Alexander Ovechkin scores his 800 and second goal of his career. Uh, again, to take second place of all time. Uh, he's an absolute animal, a legend. I'll, I think I'll probably... T- I'll. I'll do a bit of a longer talk on Ovechkin a bit later on. Um, but yeah, uh, not not the greatest game. Uh, I think the Jets will really need uh, to use or will will really benefit from uh, the time off the, they're going to get over this uh, Christmas break um, because they've got so many guys who uh, <laughs> who need a couple extra days to heal. Um, so hopefully uh, something can come back there. Uh, and again, going back to kind of the guys who filled in this game, I thought that, you know, Asimont drawing in. I thought he played pretty decent, you know, kind of what I expect from him. Nothing too flashy, uh, very meat and potatoes. But then again, you know, looks like he can kind of roll with the big guys. He doesn't he doesn't break up plays. Um, Morgan Barron, you know, he only played really a, the the first period with um, Shifley and Kuhleman. Uh You know, he had some bad turnovers. But uh, then again, I, I just don't think that he is meant to be in that top line uh, or anywhere in the top six. And I've really liked him with Lowry. So I think that uh, making the move to push him back down after the first period was the right move by Rick bonus. Um, and then Carson Kuhleman, we have got to talk about Carson Kuhleman. Um, and I, I want to be clear here. This is not, this is not me just picking on the guy. Like, again, I think that he is uh, miscast right now. Uh, it's very odd to be put on waivers and then, you know, within, uh, you know, as soon as you get claimed within the, the, you know, the first few games that you're playing, you're asked to play with, um, you know, in the top six, you're asked to be a contributing member there. Uh, and I get that there is, you know, there is benefits. And, you know, listen, I have both harped here saying that uh, we're both fans of the, um, you know, two guys and 
like two superstars and uh, their their third guy on the line. Uh, he just doesn't do it for me. I, I find the play just kind of dies on his stick. While he is pretty decent in the corners and has some speed to him, I just don't see him as an effective player uh, in the top six. And I think that that experiment needs to end. Um, guys who I would look to, again, you know, barring, uh, you know, assuming we enter the next game on the, I think it's the 27th. It might be against Vancouver. I want to say, I'm not too sure. I can't remember exactly. I'll, I'll look it up before the end of the episode. Um, the guys who I'd be looking to, to try and fill those top six spots, two guys who I've, I've been saying for a while now, I, again, and, and I'm not saying that these guys are going to be the saviors or anything. It's just guys who haven't really gotten their shots there, who I think kind of deserve it. Um, I thought Kevin Stenland had a great game today. While I understand that he has kind of been cast in this fourth line role, um, and I think that Bonus wants him there long term, um, I think that he is the type of player who could actually, you know, do decently in the top six. Uh, same thing with Jansen Harkins. Both of those guys who have shown flashes of being able to um, be grindy and, you know, be a little bit responsive defensively, a little bit less on Harkins there, uh, but also have a bit of a scoring touch. I think they both really benefited from their time. Uh, down in the AHL at the start of the season, having a bit more responsibility and then coming up and, uh, you know, t- taking that scoring touch that they kind of developed there and uh, and really rolling with it. Um, but yeah, so th- so those are two guys who I would look at trying there, you know, assuming Perfetti and Wheeler and all these guys aren't back yet. Obviously, we really hope that that would be the case. Um, but if, you know, obviously we don't, we don't, as the public don't really know exactly what's going on, uh, you know, with the injuries, we don't have a great inside scoop to it. Obviously they'll know a little bit more, uh, in my opinion, I think Chevy should be, uh, looking around, you know, trying to make some deals. Again, there's guys that are, we always talk about, we talk about Bo, Bo Horvat all the time. We talk about Jesse Pugliarvi, um, you know, with the latter of those two being, uh, likely a lot cheaper, um, and in my opinion, if I'm Kevin Cheveldayoff, there's one guy who, over the past few games, I've been looking at and have not been not been too happy with. And uh, I think it provides good trade bait. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to talk about Neil Pionk. That guy has not been great. Uh, you know, we can all look back with rose-colored glasses, uh, uh, and look back to the Canadian division when he was dominating uh, McDavid in the playoffs uh, and was, you know, the best defenseman on the Jets for many years, for, for a couple of years there when, you know, Morrissey was going through some tougher times, uh, both personally and on the ice. Um, but man, Pionk had a brutal game today. Uh, you know, three of the four goals you know, and the fourth one being an empty netter, uh, he was on the ice for as well as I thought had a, uh, you know, a significant part in, um, in why those goals happened. Uh, I have it written down here. So obviously the first goal is the OV goal. Um, Neil Pionk gives the puck up on the blue line there. Uh, again, you, 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 you need a, a defenseman who's supposed to be in your top four to be able to make simple passes and simple uh, regroup passes in the in the neutral zone. Again, like that's just a, a boneheaded turnover. Uh, and you know, give it away to Ovechkin. He's not going to score. He he's not known for scoring or anything like that. Um, so that that play kind of comes off of him. Um, you know, moving on to the second goal. This was on the uh, I think it was on the power play that the Caps had. Uh, obviously, the Jets were on the PK. First of all, why is Neil Pionk playing on the PK? I don't understand. I feel like uh, 
having Brendan Dillon, Dylan DeMello, uh, you know, not tonight, Dylan Sandberg, but having what's it called? Um, uh, who is it? Uh, geez, I'm blanking out. Kyle Capobianco, I'd rather have there. I'd rather have Josh Morrissey there. Uh, I would rather even try Billy Hinole. He's been actually pretty good uh, over the past few games uh, with his, you know, net front play. And at the same time, Rick Bonus should be, you know, actually kind of seeing what Hinole really can do. I thought, uh, on on just a side note, I thought he had a great game against Boston yesterday. I think he had, he played fine tonight. Nothing nothing specific, nothing bad, nothing great. What you would want from a, a third pair defenseman. Um, anyways. Back to Pionk. Um, so yeah, so there is a couple things that happen on this goal where um puck goes to the left side of the net, you know, if you're if you're standing in the goal crease, the left side of the net, uh, and he lays down and kind of takes himself out of the play a little bit. Uh luckily the the, the caps don't score there. He gets up again, moves in front of the net, the puck ends up over at the uh the top of the blue line there. Excuse me. Um <coughs> goodness um and there are there are players on both sides of him the the jets at this point are in kind of a diamond formation neil pionk being at home base and there's a player to his left there's a player to his right what does neil pionk do he stands right in the middle screens david riddick and does not pick up either of these men obviously the play uh i think i think actually the puck even went off of him and uh, and went over to uh, whoever it was on the side of the net who tapped it in, uh, maybe Kuznetsov, I believe. I'm not. I can't remember exactly. Let me see if I can find it in my notes here. Um, but yeah, just just brutal. I um, he's he's been having a pretty brutal game. And uh, you know, as we've been talking about for a while now, the Jets kind of need some help up front. He's the kind of guy who I look at and go, all right, you know. While uh, actually, there was a good, really good Garrett Holt tweet. I'll try and find it here. Um, you know, this is a guy who I look at and go, he's got value around the league. He's got a pretty big cap hit, which I, I don't think that he's going to be worth that contract. Uh, the, the longer you wait on that, the longer, uh, or the the sooner um, other GMs realize he's not this, you know, top four offensive dynamo uh, defenseman. I think he still has uh, pretty decent uh, value around the league. Like, this is why I, I think that he is the piece that the Jets you know, if they're going to move on from someone on the D side of things, uh, you know, in the offseason, I was saying Brendan Dillon. I think he's proven that, you know, Brendan Dillon's proven that he deserves a spot in this lineup uh, and and should stay on the Jets. And he and obviously coming back to um, coming back to, uh, you know, like playoff hockey, you know, I would much rather have Brendan Dillon on my team than than Neil Pionk. Um and again, like I said, if you're looking, if you're the Jets, it, it makes too much sense in my mind. You've got too many offensive defensemen. You've got Nate Schmidt, who I don't think you can really move. Billy Hanola, which I don't really want to sell on that 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 potential just yet, unless you have to, of course. You know, all deals, uh, you know, uh, we'll listen to any deals. Uh, if the deal's right, I'm happy to give up Hanola. But, um, but again... $6 million going to Neil Pionk in, you know, in a, a couple of years, you're going to be needing to re-sign Connor Hellebuck. You're going to be needing to re-sign Mark Scheifele, uh, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, hopefully, if you'd like to stick around, of course. Um, but it, to, to, in my mind, like, it's just, it just doesn't, there's just not a spot for Neil Pionk on this team. He makes too much money and he does not provide uh, what the Jets need. Um in going through my rant there, I st- I forgot to look up the uh, the Garrett Hole tweet that I was uh, ta- thinking about here. Let me see if I can bring it up very quickly. Uh, da 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 da. One moment. 
<laughs> oh, here it is. Pionk on the ice is like pulling the goalie. He increases what you create, but in the long term, he hurts more than he helps. Which I think I would agree. Like, I just, I, there are too many defensive warts in his game. Um, I, I just, I just, I, I can't justify the $6 million that we're paying him. And again, looking at a game tonight where you've got some injuries, you've got Dylan Sandberg, who I, I don't believe he was injured. I think it was just a scratch after last game, uh, which was a pretty brutal game by him, which he was playing with Neil Pionk. Uh, actually, that kind of <laughs> sorry, I'm a little bit all over the place. That kind of leads into uh, I did a little bit of research during the second intermission. Um, looked at a couple uh, Wowie stats with or without you stats. Uh, so here I have it here. Uh, Josh Morrissey with Neil Pionk has a 46% percent uh, 46% expected goals percentage um if you're if you're unaware expected goals is just giving a value to uh chances created so um the 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 jets have only 46% of uh of the quality of chances um when Neil Pionk is on the ice with Josh Morrissey. However, Josh Morrissey without Neil Pionk is sitting at a crisp 52%. Again, 8% is actually a lot or sorry, 6% is a lot more than you think. Um and especially over uh a lot of minutes. Uh let's look at uh Brendan Dillon who you know, Brendan Dillon's the one where I look at and he is pretty much the same with and without uh, Neil Pionk, which is sitting at a 48%. Not great again. And then Dylan Sandberg, again, this is a small sample size, so I'll give you that. Uh, 27% with Neil Pionk, 51% without him. There's just no one, there's no one on this on this team, there's no one on this defense core that you can pair with Neil Pionk. Like there's there's no effective um, pairing that he can make. He would, you know, him playing with Josh Morrissey is, is totally fine at the end of the game. I'll I'll give I'll I'll say this. I I don't mind Neil Pionk playing near the end of the game there because the Jets need to push for a goal. However, I have no idea why when there's six minutes left, you're down two goals. You get a power play off of a Jansen Harkins uh, draws one, and the Jets put out to defense, which, you know, Neil Pionk and Josh Morrissey. And I haven't loved Neil Pionk on the power play either. I've much preferred Nate Schmidt. Obviously, Nate Schmidt's hurt, so that wasn't an option tonight. But uh, he just hasn't provided the value uh, that he's making. He's making $6 million uh, on the cap, and he just has not shown that he can uh, live up to that, unfortunately. And like I said, I think he has value around the league. That's a guy who I look at and go, you can maybe get something for him, uh, you know, before people realize that he's not the defenseman that you thought he was. Um, so yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, I've been throwing out a couple armchair GMs. I have him as a as a as a key piece in a Bo Horvat trade. Uh, to which I had people, you know, pushing back, being like, "You're giving up too much control." Uh, the Jets need to clear salary. The, like, let's be honest here; they need to clear salary, uh, assuming they want to uh, keep Mark Shifley, Pierre Luc Dubois. And especially Connor Hellebuck. Oh man, where to go from here? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's tough really to say. Uh, you know what went wrong in this game? I think the Jets. You know, I, I hate giving cadence to the the fact that they um, that they were tired, but you know, five games in seven days is tough. And coming in again, like I said, with uh, an AHL level roster uh, with a couple stars, you know, put throughout. Um, it's just not going to work, unfortunately. 
Oh man, who should we talk about next? Um, you know what? I think this is time. Uh, I got to give my love and respect to Alex Ovechkin. You know, 802 goals is bonkers, is crazy. Uh, once again, uh, passing Gordie Howe, uh, well, tying him and then also passing Gordie Howe. Also, while I'm doing this, please throw your comments down in the uh, in the chat here. Uh, if you're listening on audio later, come join us live. We're live after every game. Um, but yeah, uh, regardless, uh, oh, I'm getting, uh, <laughs> I'm getting messages from David W. Pionk has a modified no trade clause covering the last two seasons of his, uh, 5.87 million, eight, million dollar contract, uh, which sure beats a full blown one such as Jake Muzzin and Morgan Riley that the Leafs, that the Leafs have. Um, but Hey, he's not in the last two seasons. So, uh, I think it would be, uh, great to move him now. David also gave up a, a couple other stats here. Pionk going into the Jets game versus the Cap Caps had after last season put up a minus two, the second worst regular season plus minus in his career. That plus minus has since gone down to a minus six, a career worse with the Jets. And then another comment from David uh, for how longer the Jets remain a top five central team is to be determined and $6.5 million a season for Pionk. That, that may be a bargain compared to, the Oilers, Dar- Darnell Nurse, but still is a bit much. Darnell, Mills, ugh, Darnell Nurse makes too much. Uh, so does Neil Pionk. Both can be true. And uh, both of those guys I would not want on my team with their respective contracts. Uh, although I think that Darnell Nurse actually provides a little bit more than Pionk does. But that's neither here nor there. Anyways, like I said, please throw your comments in the in the chat. Let me know if you have any questions uh, If you, you know, for me or whatever. Uh, but like I said... Uh, Alex Ovechkin passing Gordy Howe. Uh, one thing I think we need to to also acknowledge with this is like he did it in what I'm looking at the games played. Gordy Howe did it in a uh, thousand seven hundred sixty seven games, uh, and Ovechkin did it in thirteen oh nine. So like four hundred and four hundred and sixty ish less games than um, than Gordy Howe, and also in a significantly uh, more difficult era like. Goalies, I, me and my friends have this common joke that we always say goalies didn't exist until 19, I don't know, 90, I'd say, uh, when like Broder and everyone came else came in because before then it was just a bunch of guys with, uh, pillows on their legs who flopped around and gave empty net goals, uh, for both teams, uh, <laughs> pull my finger in the chat says how played defense. That's a fair point. Uh, but in talking about the best goal scorers ever, uh, to this day, uh, I will fight anyone who who says it's anyone other, other, other excuse me other than Alex Ovechkin. Uh, he will pass Wayne Gretzky, and I am excited for the day uh, that that happens. Um, he's an absolute legend. Like uh, I, I would have just just like what Morgan Barron said in the uh, in the post game. You know, I would have loved to see it happen against a different team, but it is really special to see. I would have loved for this to happen against a different team, but. Ovi makes hay against the Atlanta Thrashers slash Winnipeg Jets. And uh and yeah, so what can you say? It, it's it sucks that the last that the the uh the second goal he had tonight was an empty netter, but at the same time, everyone gets empty netters here and there. Uh it's classic. Um either way, big shout out to uh to Alex Ovechkin. Uh very happy for Caps fans and uh it looked electric in the building. It looked like it was so much fun. That would have been a fantastic game to be at. Um, you know, <laughs> I wish I was there, but obviously one, I'm here because I got to do this show for you guys, but also two, uh, <laughs> travel. 
Um, alrighty. Well, that's pretty much all I have to say for the game. Um, but I think that right now, you know, coming into this break here, obviously we're kind of nearing the end of the season. Um, I think we could, we could just talk generally about the jets, uh, for the season. Like I said, I think, I think what's next for the jets, uh, regardless, I, they, they look like a playoff team. They're going to make playoffs this year. Um, whether that be, you know, top of the central, which, uh, I believe they're, just behind the stars right now uh, with a game in hand. I think the the stars game hasn't finished yet. So uh, right now it's saying they're even at 34 games, but I think it's because the stars game hasn't finished yet. But I believe the stars are losing currently, or at least they were last I checked. Uh, I will check very quickly here. One moment. I apologize for the delay. Uh, oh, they are tied in the third with the Canadians. Uh, so uh, depending on what goes on in that game there, either the Jets will be behind the uh, the Stars by one point, two points, or three points, depending on uh, if that game goes to overtime, if the Stars win, or if the Stars lose. Um, pretty fantastic start to the season. You know, uh, we're almost halfway through, and uh, the Jets are still sticking in at the top of the Central. Uh, obviously, you've got teams like the Wild, who are playing pretty well recently. Obviously, the Stars have been great all season, and uh, the Avalanche have been missing some pieces so as soon as they get those guys back i you know they're kind of playing the uh tampa bay style we don't really care about the uh regular season we're going to be uh doing our best to uh, uh just get it to the playoffs and uh go on another run um yeah i mean like the jets have been a a very odd team i think they need to uh work on playing a little bit less of the counterattack. uh while i think that their counterattack does well um the great the jets are great at picking apart teams as soon as they make mistakes um i just don't think that that is you know the best way to play is to look for holes in the other team's game i'd rather the jets try to take it to the other team uh use the talent that they have shooting wise and their goaltender and just do what they can to uh you know push plays to the center of the ice uh get more slot chances uh and i think that you know the next step for the jets comes at the trade deadline or possibly sooner uh, when they need to make a trade at some point like regardless of the injuries they have right now uh I personally am of the mind that you should trade for a guy sooner rather than later. One, you make sure that you get that guy, the guy that you want. Uh, you don't want, you know, have go into a bidding war at the trade deadline with whichever other team who wants Timo Meyer or Sam Reinhart or Bo Horvat or Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane, whoever, whoever your your uh, you know perfect pickup is uh, in your mind, which I'd love to hear you guys say in the chat. Um, I think that that change needs to come sooner than later, obviously because of the uh, the injuries that the Jets are currently facing. Um, you don't want to lose ground in the standings as much as possible. I think, you know, regardless, uh, the Jets will, will benefit from trying to stay, you know, top of the division, try and play a wildcard team rather than, um, you know, getting like the Avalanche or the Wild or whoever the stars in the first round. Um, excuse me. Uh, yeah, so uh, like my, my opinion, always get, do this, the trade sooner than later. You know, you look at, at trades like, uh, you know, the Tyler to trade that the, the flames made, 
midseason the out last year. Uh, that was be- that was great because not only were they able to you know trade for Tyler Toffoli, uh, make sure they get him into into their lineup, they got they gave him time to kind of acclimate himself, and he ended up being a really important piece, and still is to this day a really important piece for the Flames. Um, so I would love to see a trade like that. Preferably, you know, I, I would love to if if the Jets are going to you know spend big money, uh, I would love to see them get a guy with maybe you know a year and a half on his deal kind of thing like the end of this year and then the end of next year because that's kind of the window that the Jets are looking at uh and like I said before I I think Neil Pionk is is such an obvious key piece that the Jets could be looking at to trade uh considering he has value uh you need to get you know trade money out um but again that's only in an instance where you're you know taking a significant amount of money in um you know, on the bargain side, I'd look at a guy like Jesse Pugliarvi if if he's still available for cheap. Uh, I'd look at uh, obviously Timo Meyer will be a f- like if you're swinging for the fences, if you're going for it. Which you know, looking at the Jets team this year, they they have a great chance. Anything is anything is possible with Connor Hellebuck, and um, it's 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 clear to me that if Connor Hellebuck lights up in the in the playoffs, you know, get a little bit of scoring help. That's a scary team. Um, as the Jets, you know, slowly move forward towards the Rick Bonus uh, blueprint, um, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes. Uh, but like I said, the Jets will really benefit from these couple days off. Again, they'll be back in uh, in action on Tuesday. Uh, I will just confirm it is against the Canucks. It is against the Canucks, I believe. It, no, it's against the Wild. Oh, brain fart. Uh, Big game for the Jets, obviously. Hopefully, by then, you know, Cole Perfetti, we get a little bit more information on his injury. Hopefully, it's not too bad. Uh, hopefully, we get an update on uh, who is it? Was it? Uh, well, obviously, Ehlers has been traveling with the team to continue his rehab. I believe it was Manalainen who was also traveling with the team. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, you know, my 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 question for the chat uh, as I am about to sign off here. Uh, you know, when the Jets get healthy, the top six is kind of pretty. Uh, pretty, you know, you you can tell who's in the top six. It's going to be a combination of you know Connor, Shifley, Ehlers, um, Perfetti, Dubois, maybe Wheeler, um, you know, maybe someone else. Uh, who would you keep in the lineup uh, in the bottom six? Because there's been a myriad of pieces coming in. Uh, obviously, you know, Saku Manalainen, uh, Axel Janssen, Fialbi. Obviously, you know. Uh, what's it? Not Dave Lowry. Adam Lowry will be a mainstay. Um, but who are the pieces around Adam Lowry in the top or in the, in the bottom six that you'd like to could see uh, on the Jets come the uh, end of the se- come whenever everyone is healthy? Uh, regardless, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, this was a blast. This was a, uh, a fun show. Um, obviously, again, shout out to Alex Ovechkin. Uh, hope you guys have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, as I said, happy holidays. Um, stay safe, uh, you know, weather, stay warm, you know, get a, get a nice sweater on, keep the blankets on and, uh, hope you guys have a wonderful holidays. Uh, we'll see you back in action on the 27th for game over Winnipeg. Uh, this is Brady signing off. Have yourself a good one. Thank you so much. Once again, game over. powered by sports interaction, Canada sports book.